Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Uh, to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. I was going to start off, it's going to be a little bit of happiness. I thought about this last night, name of the show, the morning after, waking up in Vegas. We're just going to drop a little Katy Perry. You know, that's what you get for waking up in Vegas. But then I realized that as last night unfolded, not on the ice, but on the field that Anthony cared about, um, I didn't even know if we would have Anthony today. And I I have to say that uh, it is surprising to have him here after the Phillies absolutely epic collapse in the NLCS. But before I go to him, you know, we're late this morning because we were trying to get him to clean himself up, get the tears, get the boogers out from under his nose. Uh, Bundy, (laughs) I want to go to you first because I know that, you know, you remain level-headed. I want to know how you're doing first before we we bring in our friend here. Well, I mean, it was a tough, tough night, obviously, for everybody down at the bank. I missed a little bit. I usually go and follow Anthony for scores and updates and stuff. And um, he went dark at like 10. So I lost uh, all my following of that. I went, I went sure dark did. a lot earlier than 10. I think your last tweet, Ant, was at 10 o'clock. It was. We didn't even know it's... the final. No score, no nothing. But that was a, that was a tough, yeah. tough night, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we get for following Anthony for our Phillies news. We yeah. get a man who, who gives up at 10 o'clock. All right, let's get to the man who uh, is still trying to process his emotions. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter, at Philly. How are you? You know, so uh, after the game was over and I went down to the clubhouse and we had a lo- long wait, you know, uh, it, was, it took a while. I didn't leave the ballpark until it was 12.20, I guess it was, 12.30. Yeah. Got to uh, watch the entire second half of the Flyers game last night. How about that? In real time. Stayed up for that, right? Got to see the end of that wonderful outing. Took a quick nap and then uh, was right back at it this morning. So I'm in I'm in good form today. I'm wide awake and and raring to go. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for making it here today. <laughs> um, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, that that Phillies game is what it is. That series was lost in game four. We can come back to it later. But just absolutely brutal. We just tacked that one onto yet another Philadelphia disappointment. But one team that's not going to disappoint the fans is your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers. Ladies and gentlemen, they went out to Las Vegas. Everybody said they had no chance. They were taking on the 6-0-0 Vegas Golden Knights, the undefeated Golden Knights. No chance the Flyers go out there. A rebuilding team. Who do they think they are? And you know what they did? I'll tell you what they did. They came this close. They came this close to pulling off an upset on the road, okay? This rebuilding team that has no business whatsoever, none, competing with a team like Vegas. That team, Siri, shut up. That team, they went out, they got it together, and they did a great job. They had a lead until eight minutes left in the game when Igor Zamula got dog-walked, if we're honest on that goal. And they were about to take it to OT until you know what happened. 35-ish seconds left. Flyers give up a goal. Now you might say to yourself, hey, that sucks. Would have been nice to get the point. Remember, 
Rebuild, folks. Rebuild. What is the ultimate thing that you want to see happen in a rebuild? You want to see your team go out, perform well, fight until the final whistle, till the final horn, and then not get the points. It's great. It's fantastic. Now, do we like when the team wins? Of course we do. It's a good feeling. We talked about this last week. There's something nice, and you should enjoy every win that this team is able to put together from now until the end of the season. However, going out, showing that you can hang with Vegas, and then ultimately not ending up with a point, is not a bad outcome, all things considered. Macro perspective as you look to this rebuild. Anthony, what was your uh, your reaction to, you know, it's it's a technically it's a, a late-blown lead, and yes, like you gave up the last-minute goal, but like what, where, where did you land on this one? So, again, I, I missed the first half of the game. Um, I did go back and, and, and see some of the highlights of it. But, I, I, you know, I, so I tune in with about 10 minutes to go in the second period. And what I saw for the final 30 minutes of the game was a team that was fortunate to be in the position that they were in. I mean, I, maybe in the first half of the game they were dominant. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really – the ice was tilted their way and Carter Hart was the difference maker um, to keep them in the game. From the time I, I saw them play, they looked like a team that was hanging on, but for dear life in the game to try and stay in front. Um, And, and I thought that they looked like, I thought it looked like two completely different teams out there. I thought Vegas was a was just dominating puck possession and I mean you know Flyers did a nice job of blocking some shots and you know maybe not letting the shots get you know get through getting sticks and lanes and things like that and really kind of taking away some space but look come on let's be honest I mean Vegas had <laughs> had the puck them the entire time I, f- I feel like the Flyers had like two chances the entire second half of the game that yeah. were of any value um and they they were i i felt like the game wasn't nearly as close as the score would indicate of, of a 3-2 final i i really really felt like vegas controlled the entire game again it was the second half of the game i didn't see the first half of the game and yeah. obviously when i saw it, when i turned it on and they were up 2-1 and i think they had at the time they had a 17 to 9 shot advantage so mm-hmm. i was like oh it looks like they're playing really good it looks like they're playing really well there was nothing in what I saw in that game where I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, they played great, great hockey. I, I didn't see You're it. You're letting that Phillies loss just taint your view it's of not this a team. team. It's, no. <laughs> well, let's be careful there. This is a family show, Anthony. Yes, it's not. No, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it was what it was. And that's okay because Vegas is the best team in hockey right now. Yeah. I mean, they're defending cup champs. They're undefeated. Best record to start a season ever by a Stanley, defending Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Um, only so, what the 16th team in league history to start the season seven zero and zero. Yeah, I mean it's it, yeah. it, you know so let's let's put it in perspective, okay? I mean, you're, the Flyers are a team who is expected to be in the lottery going up against that juggernaut. So I think, you know, when you look at the, look at it and say, okay, for 30 minutes, Flyers played a great, probably played a great game. Yeah, just it just so happened when I tuned in, that was it was when it changed, right? It's when the when the momentum switched. That said, the one thing I think teams are going are learning quickly about the Flyers is they're not an easy out as yeah. far as in a game, right? 
Um, I, I think that that's going to be what people will, or teams will start to realize. I mean, once again, they get a backup goalie. They got Thompson, right, in, in the game. Um, but I think teams are going to start to realize we aren't just going to roll past the Flyers this year. Yep. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge every time they're out there. They're going to buy. They're buying into Torts's system. They they don't mind playing defense and and playing hard. You know the and when I say playing defense, it's not just the defensemen who are playing defense. I think the forwards really are where where you got to look and see you know what makes the team work. It's how the forwards are playing in their own end, and that's you know why certain guys were jettisoned out of here. It's why Morgan Frost isn't playing. Like I think that these things are are important for this team, and uh, yeah, I think that that's really going to be you know. What, what, how this kind of plays out. I think that they're going to be a team that's going to be tough to play against. But I think ultimately, when t- when the opposition plays at its best, if they're if assuming they're not a San Jose Sharks type team, right? Who's yeah, flat out stink. Yep. Um, then ultimately, the the Phillies are. I mean, fly, Phillies. See, see my see where my head is. It's still on Phillies. Ultimately, the Flyers, season's over. Season's over. Ultimately, Join us here. Join yeah. us here where we live, where we talk about hockey. Ultimately, the the Flyers are going to are going to run into, you know, to the team's best better effort and which I guess Vegas didn't have for the first 30 minutes of the game last night. Yeah. I mean, there's a there are a lot of thoughts here. By the way, somebody asked uh now that the Philly season is uh is over, are you going to keep writing for Crossing Broad or are you uh, are you done now? No, uh, I will be. I'll be doing both. Yeah, so he'll be So, hey, I've good news. If you like hockey, Right, Anthony's now going to stop masquerading as a Phillies writer. He's going to go back to covering the team that you follow him to cover, and that is the Philadelphia Flyers. He'll be writing stuff over on Crossing Broad. You can feel great about it again. I know that people have been upset. They've been saying, hey, this season's now, what, seven games old. Where the hell is the Flyers content from Anthony Sanfilippo? Guess what? It's coming. It's coming, folks. Uh, Hey, Bundy, I'm glad to see you. I'll write my first thing after Thursday's game. Bundy, I'm glad to see that you're back here. Um... Your computer, you were ready for the mongrel hours, but your computer wasn't, is what this looks like. Um, yeah, this isn't really mongrel hours. It's when you guys do that, like, 6 a.m. stuff night after. I'm like, come on, guys. I can't even barely think. <laughs> That's fair. Like, so you get up at 6, you get it roll out, you're shaking it up. I mean, then last night, like, I don't know, I guess somebody at the NHL thought that a 11 o'clock Eastern time was a good start for a game. Uh, it did work out good, though, in terms of, like, flowing in from that beautiful Phillies game right into the Flyers. Um, yeah, the Flyers, okay, give me a quick recap. Yes, I actually viewed the game as fast as I could because I got the first period in it, and I'm like, I can't stay awake because, you know, I was in an emotional glass case last night of emotion last night with Anthony. <laughs> And, uh, you know, what I needed was a 35-minute good start by the Flyers that kind of took away the pain and sting of the Phillies, and they did that. Like, they were there against Vegas. I actually thought the Flyers were going to go into Sin City last night um, somewhere in the desert and actually win a game or a series. Um, and they tried. I mean, that's they really did. But you know what, guys? The Flyers, as Anthony said, I think I was listening to you a little bit before I lost my, my, uh, my screen. They actually did have a great start to the game last night, and it looked like the first time this year that somebody actually said, hey, boys, we need to kick it into gear because this Flyers team is for real, and yeah. and they're playing hard. And I don't think if Vegas had, had been a really elite team that had gone deep, won a Stanley Cup just last spring, 
that they would be able to come back from that game. The Flyers had a really, really strong, I thought, solid game. Uh, some of their, maybe some of their warts came out in the second half, but I'll tell you what, I mean, you can't ask for any more than that. The breakdown at the end, it's easy to say you could blame it on, on Zamula, and he does have to get that sealed off uh, so that the play stops. But at the same time, there were still five other guys on the ice that were kind of watching the perimeter uh, on, the, on the Vegas winning goal I'm talking about. And not much happened there, you know. So, yes, it's got to get stopped by Zamula, but at the same time, there's five guys kind of clumped into the middle of the ice. Somebody's got to make a play on the puck. You can't just go into zone coverage, if you will. Uh, at that point in the game, and then the shot sneaks through. But again, a good, um, a good. I hate to say it, they get one point. It's a good road trip by the Flyers because they still yeah. establish a little bit of what they're trying to do as a team. And it wasn't ugly. They were competitive. They didn't get blown out. They deserved a better fate against Dallas. Listen, they lost last night, and they were better than the Phillies. So yeah. we can go on yeah. from there, you know, and that's the way it goes. Effort was there. Again, we see what people wanted effort. Effort will carry you to a certain point. It won't get you through 82 games, but it'll get you a long way and a lot further than people think you can go, especially in the sport of hockey where, you know, effort and resilience, determination go a long way. You know, I think, you know, coming back to something we said at the, at the top of the show, when you think about what this season is supposed to be, and how it's played out so far, the team has a better record than I think. Well, we we didn't do our twenty game predictions, right? We've been doing our predictions I mean, every game. On, which, by I'll the be way, honest, and, I had them at did, about five hundred after twenty games. I'm just po- looking really points quick. percentage wise. I okay, had about five hundred. Um, who had the the result right last night? And it was me and you, right? You didn't yeah. get the exact score. Neither of us so had that, the exact score. That means that our updated standings on our predictions. Uh, Anthony leads the way with six. Bundy remains in second with five, and I am in third with four. Getting closer, getting closer. You know, tortoise in the hair kind of stuff. Um, I think that when you look at it, you say, all right, we always expect the John Tortorella team to come out of camp to look better, to look better conditioned, to be sharper, all that. I have to say that even with that in mind, I did not expect them to look as good as they did going cross-country, taking on Vegas. Um, And I don't think that Vegas took this team for granted. I think that at some point when you have enough games under your belt and the season is, you know, beyond the first five, you do have an idea of whether or not a team is tough to play against, even if, you know, conceptually you say, hey, the talent level isn't there. So I I don't think that this was actually a case of, of Vegas letting off the gas, at least in the start. I don't think this was them kind of getting caught with their pants down. I think that this actually is. The Flyers might just be that kind of team that is going to work their ass off every game. And sometimes you'll get a win, and sometimes you'll, thankfully, get a regulation loss, which will help you in the macro sense of things where you don't want to gain points because you want to end up with a high pick in the draft. Now, I want to know from the people who are listening and the people who are watching right now on YouTube or on Facebook, because you can comment. We can bring it up on the screen. If you're on Twitter, go over to YouTube so you can comment along and all that. Um, Do you feel better as a fan when the team is competitive and ultimately ends up with no points? Or are you fine, knowing that it's a rebuild, are you fine to say, you know what, I want them to win every game. And if they make the playoffs, and if they get bounced in the first round, I'm happier with that. I'm not here for a process era. Let us know in the comments. I'm actually interested to know where, where people so are So I, th- I think that the, the takeaway, Russ, should ultimately be this. The team is watchable. Mm-hmm. 
right? I mean, you you can sit there and watch this team play a game, and the result. I, I don't I don't think anybody is is banking on results. If you get a positive result, great. That's a bonus, right? But I think I think what you want to see is you want to see a team that you can that you don't mind, you know, watching even if they lose because they're relatable in a sense of there's there's a a feeling that this is a team that's on the going in the right direction right Mm -hmm. um so i think that that is the most important thing you know it's not just it's not just that they compete because you know sometimes you compete but still get crushed right i mean you you could be a competitive team but just not have any talent and still lose um and then there are times where you're you know you kind of meander through a game and kind of hang in it somehow right and not playing your best hockey and those nights are going to happen too but if you look at it from the macro level and they are a team that is enjoyable to watch because you are seeing the progression even if it's in increments right as you're going through i think that is what is most attractive about this flyers team because ultimately, I, I still don't I don't change my my theory of, you know, when you asked what kind of, you know, the over under was 73, where are they going to be at? I I still think in the end they're going to be right around that. I mean, I think it's going to be they might be over it, but it might not be much over it. I think it's going to be about the same. So my my overall view of the team in how they're going to finish has not changed. But I'm certainly impressed by the fact that they are a watchable team night yeah. in and night out. Yeah, I agree with Anthony there, Russ, in terms that, you know, like if you were thinking and hoping that this team was going to be Chicago or Columbus of last year, it ain't happening. It's just not happening. They have enough um, returning talent, skill with Katuri and Atkinson with enough good young guys that are going to, I think, produce. But I do agree with Anthony. I, and I don't think, like, I don't want anyone to get anticipation of a 100-point season here. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to work, and if they continue this level of effort and work, they're they're not like we can't. You can't wish a team into the top five of the draft picks with an effort like this. So I'm willing already to kind of erase that from my head of thinking, oh yeah, they're going to be really bad. And they're going to get a high pick. I don't want that. I want to go down and watch teams play hard and you know compete hard and make it interesting on good teams. You know as they grow into the future. So. You know, that's kind of a loser's attitude. And I'm not saying that either of you said that, but that is a really hard thing to do as a fan or prognosticator of the team to hope your team, you know, flounders so you get a high pick. They're worth more than that right now for what we've seen. And the effort goes a long way. And um, the stuff that we complained about, you know, stuff we didn't like that we were seeing, what embodied the city, the spirit of the team, the history of the team, they're showing it. You know, and it's not their yeah. fault they are who they yeah. are, right? Like, it's I, not their fault they don't have a McDavid or a Crosby on their team. They just don't. So they're making up for it with the next best thing that hockey players have, and that's the ability to work and to go out now, and compete hard. You know, there, there's one, one, one thing, though. Thing, Russ, yeah, one more ahead. thing. I just because I want to react to something Bunny just said, and, and that is um, what, what, you're, what you're right about there, Bundy, is last year was the bottom out year. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, you don't you can't keep bottoming out. Yes. Like, you don't want to keep bottoming out. Like, you don't want to yeah. keep saying be at the bottom, be at the bottom and we'll get all these players and then all of them will be good. 
that'll take 10, 12 years yes. before you get there. You Look don't at want Colorado. to be, Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. want it to be yeah. that long. Yeah, okay, sure. If it ends up in a championship, you say, you know, oh, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait that long. But no, you don't want to. So last year was the bottom out year in, in my mind. And guess what? You got a player who in any other year could have been the top pick, right? And in, yep. in any other year that didn't have what was going on in the world was probably the number two pick, right? Behind, um, uh, oh my God, my brain. Um, kid in Chicago. Bedard. 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 Eric Bedard. Uh, Not Eric. Connor Connor Bedard. I'm still in baseball mode, man. Hold on. Eric Bedard was a pitcher in baseball. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. I'm putting you in the box. I'm putting you in the box. You're going to come back when you're ready to be the hockey man that we expect you to be. All right? This show, this show, and these wonderful people who woke up early in the morning, they deserve better. I swear, if you have another mental lapse... Because you're right. thinking baseball. Did he just add himself back in? <laughs> Don't you? Da- no. 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 That, no. Bad. He's, he's Bad. The, kid, the guy's hurting today, Russ. Just let him. Let's, let him You've have had yours. No. Dude, I tell you what. Don't ever right, follow Anthony Sampolipo for fucking Phillies coverage. <laughs> just, oh, it's like, hey. Oh, the Phillies are up 6-1. Oh, great hit. What a pitch. What an inning. Fuck, Phillies are down in game seven. Crickets at 10 o'clock. All right, if I tell you... San Filippo for any live fucking updates on any team, especially if your Philly team is losing. <laughs> that is a bu- I'll give you the bomb on that one. Jesus. He ain't wrong. <laughs> to, to quote Anthony, to quote Anthony, uh, you aren't wrong, Bundy. You aren't, you aren't wrong. You aren't wrong. Yeah, by the way, a lot of people, they, they miss the Bundy bomb. And we could do that here on the morning after. We can't do that on the press row show. No, we we can't can on the morning after. Yeah. So here we are. Um, okay. I hear what you guys are saying. I do. I do. And I don't want to play devil's advocate because sometimes I get caught up in doing that. Yes, you, you ended up with Matt Vemishkov, who looks very good in the KHL and we want to believe is going to be that guy who can be the star player or one of two star players on this team when when you're moving forward. I don't like to be a victim of the moment, okay? I look at this and I say, hey, it's great to see this team playing so hard. There have been questions in the comments about, hey, is it possible to keep this up for the whole year? Are they going to burn out physically by December if they're trying to play like this? All that. I think the people should enjoy these games. By all means, enjoy the wins when you can get them. But we still need to have that macro view, which is, this team right now should not be a team that's on the bubble or, or really competing for a playoff spot. And if we're being honest about it, this team will need at least one more high pick in theory to add that elite talent at a very affordable rate so that when you are ready to pivot this thing into being a winner, you have multiple high-end players. So I'm not saying that I want to see the team lose. We, this always gets you know misconstrued. I don't want to go down and cover a team that loses every night. Nobody does. We don't want to go down there for press row show and have to like feign optimism when we know the team has no shot. I want to see this team compete every time. Now, if that means that they have the seventh worst record instead of the second worst record, I'm fine with that because I do think that there's something to the idea of learning how to win and learning how to play the right way. But what I don't want to see is this team go from the seventh worst record to the 14th worst record because that's where I don't think you get the kind of value. That's where 
Yeah, like a geopolitical situation like what was happening in Russia allows a Matt Vemishkov to fall. You're not going to have a guy fall from potentially the top two down to 14, right? So that's where I'm at. And I, and I think that that's a pretty fair position to take on this. I get why people are excited, though, because, and to your point before, we have watched a team lose its identity for years. We have watched a team go out on the ice and look lost dazed, confused, disinterested. That's not what this team is. And if you're thinking about, do I want to spend the money to go down and watch a team that doesn't really have that top-end star talent, you can, you can justify it right now because you know that you're going to see your team play hard and you know that it's going to be a competitive game. And there is something to that psychology about like when you actually go to reach in your wallet to pay for tickets to a game, there's something you know that, that is nice about knowing that, hey, I'm not going to go watch my team get their, their doors blown off. Um, was there anything else from last night's game that you guys really right. wanted to get to? Like, you got to see, I guess we should touch on this, Ristolainen remains out, allegedly yeah. had a, you know, reported, reportedly had a setback, which is going to presumably allow, between that and the Mark Stahl injury, is going to allow for Igor Zamula and Emil Andre to remain in the lineup. Whether or not they both should be in the lineup consistently, whether or not they they both should be at this level um, is certainly something to debate. But as of right now, that's what it looks like is going to happen. It looks like Risto is going to remain out for a bit here. So those guys are going to get a chance on the blue line. Yeah, now the only other thing I would bring up from last night is, you know, now that you've lost a couple games, and I know you got a point in the Dallas game, but last night you lose in, uh, in regulation. Um, and I, a couple of people have asked about this in the in the comments, which is why I think it's worth mentioning. Sure. Uh, you know, when is Morgan Frost coming back? I thought coming out of the game again. I only saw half the game. I really didn't like the way Tyson Forster played in the second half of that game last yesterday. I don't know what he did in the first half. So anybody wants to say, oh, he was great in the first half? Maybe he was. Um, but the second half, I kind of thought I mean, he took a penalty that he shouldn't have taken. Um, the end of the second period. Uh, I know Torts was not happy with that one. Um, and I just didn't, like, he didn't stand out, right? He just didn't didn't yeah. stick out to me. And so, you know, now that you've lost a couple of games, do you, do you, you know, does Morgan Frost get to come out of the doghouse for a game? And, and maybe we see him Thursday night. I wouldn't touch Bobby Brink. I, I like the way Bobby Brink looked. I think he was... He was, uh, you know, the couple of chances that they did get, he was involved in them, right? I mean, I, I kind of thought that he played a pretty pretty solid game. Um, but uh, for, but Forster, now this is a couple of games that he's not been great out there, and I'm thinking to myself, if Morgan Frost is going get, to get to come back in, that's probably the guy that has to come out um, just because he has not – you're not punishing him. It's just that he's a st he's still a young player who's not quite where he needs to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to bring – the Frost thing is kind of open for debate, a debate, I guess, amongst the fans and people, even in management. There's a contingency or group of people that think that Frost doesn't show up in really big games against really big teams, like good good teams. And where he gets a lot I'm one You're of one people. of them. Yeah. I happen to be a fan of Frost, and uh, you know maybe somebody's seen something or not. I just don't think there's enough skill in this league, and and high, you know, where you could sneak a guy in to make plays. That I think Morgan Frost can be if you're you're on like this team, 
um, a guy that can kind of be left open in a lot of ways. Like if he's a third line, third line used to be a lot of a checking line. And when I used to do the games, I realized that in a lot of ways, the most important line really in hockey was the third line because they're not crossing each other out a lot like the first and second line do. So if there's a third line that you can have a scoring edge to it, that might be where a guy like Morgan Frost fits in. He can score points. He can. He's done it in junior. Uh, we've seen him do it last year in the second half. But the other side of that, there's people that probably don't like his game. You know, does he doesn't play heavy enough. He doesn't play a torts type of style. I think the thing you have to look at with Morgan Frost is he, is he uh, a product of the coach? He's the coach in his head where he's not performing as well as he should. Uh, somehow, some way, whether you, you might have make a decision with Morgan Frost, you paid him in the offseason, right? Like you paid him enough money that you can't just waive him. So the only way to make do with them is to play them. Because if you want to trade them, you need to show them, you know, get them back in the lineup playing again. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. Uh, if Forster came in and just completely, you know, dominated and, and looked like he was shining a lot, like, I don't want to say like Brink. Like, Brink's been pretty good. Like, really good. He's, he's noticeable. You can't pull him out of the lineup. But if you're going to be fair, uh, now you've lost a couple games in a row that you could at least, you know, you got a point. This is a time to get uh, Morgan Frost back in and let him play. You know, let him go back in and play through the weekend, uh, see what he provides, see if he bounces back for you. Because um, that's always a test when you sit a guy out is to find out what's there. You know, when you call him back off of benching, are you going to be pissed off at the coach, angry at everybody, or are you going to come back and be – you know, a, a, a happy warrior, and you're going to play for your team, and you're going to do all those good things. So that remains to be seen. But if you want to do something with him, you need to play him. And uh, that's why this continues to look more like a message to me than than um, a demotion by torts. I mean, it was a good time for him to not play uh, because the team played well, so you could leave him out of the lineup, and that sucks for the player. But at the same time, I think it's it's now the chance for him to come back in the lineup. I did hear someone said the other day that he's excited about getting uh, Frost back in the lineup. Torts had told someone this in Vegas that he's excited to get him back in, but there was just no way to do that with the team playing the way it did. But he does not like him sitting out for a long period of time, uh, and rightly so. You don't want anybody sitting out. What is it now? Is that five games now, Anthony, that he's been Four, out? I Four, I think it is, right? Okay. Four. He played, yeah, because they played six, right? And he played the first two. So he's right, yeah, three, two, and one. He played the first two. So that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, it's a, just a matter of him, though. I think coming back and playing again with confidence. And if Torts wants something or they want something out, go out and try to do it. And if they can't, give management a call to see if they can try to move you. Yeah, and and I'll. So I think you 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 look at what's coming up here, Bundy, and I think that Minnesota is a good team to put them in against because they're a decent team. They're not a top. They're not Vegas or Dallas. They're not a Stanley Cup favorite, right? I mean, when you look at who they who he sat out against, he sat out against Edmonton, although they got off to a terrible start. They lost again yesterday, and I think their coach is going to be on the hot seat. But um, Edmonton was a Stanley Cup favorite. What Vegas was a, is obviously defending Cup champ. Dallas is a favorite to go back. You know, they're one. They're, those are the three teams out west, along with Colorado, probably the four teams that you look at and say, okay, they're they're the teams that they're going to. One of those teams will be in the final. So he sat out against those really good teams. Minnesota's that next tier down. Good team, but not. You know, elite level. Let's see how he looks against a team like that. You know, that's that's who your next game is. And then if it gets goes well, and they, okay, you got Anaheim on Saturday. They're not a great team. You know, then maybe maybe we'll see what happens because you got Carolina after that, and Carolina obviously is the favorite in the East. So, so you give him a couple games to build up, and then say, okay, let's see where he's at in that in that Carolina game. 
does he wilt again at that point? And then you sit there and say, okay, maybe there is something to the fact that he only plays against certain teams, right? Um, but I think you're right. I think it, you know this was a this was a this was a message, and it was I think message sent. You missed four. We sat you out for four games, and when you get back in there, you have to show us, you know, what we expect to see out of you. Otherwise, you know, we'll, we'll wonder where where it goes with you know from that. But anyway, you want to you want to hear a good one? Yeah, go ahead. Ryan Hartman, hat trick, five points last night. <laughs> Yeah. Coming in the Philly tomorrow night, yeah. Ryan Hartman, and it's like saying Mario Lemieux heading to town tomorrow night. It's so, off it's so, a five-point game against Connor McDavid. It's so funny that he was here for a hot minute, right? Yeah, and it was like, and everybody kind of was like, "Oh, it was a Chuck move." Even yeah. Chuck's like, "Gee, I made a Chuck move. Maybe I need to get rid of him." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, it, that's funny. I just saw the score. Looking at Minnesota, they're three-two and one as well. Coming in here off a beating of Edmonton last night, they won seven yeah. four. So, yeah, again, I'm not Minnesota. You know, unless Ryan Hartman is in that kind of a mode, you can only hope to contain him, Anthony. <laughs> um, last last thing, and Russ wanted us to talk about this. Russ had to step away for a second. He'll be back. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he said, that, you know, wanted to throw it to us and say, hey, what do you what do you guys think about the impact that having guys like Coots and Atkinson back in the lineup is having on this team. I mean, Atkinson has been great, you know, scored again. Um, like, what is their impact right now for this team that maybe makes them a little bit more competitive because they, they add a little bit on the offensive end? Yeah, well, I think the one thing, too, they give – first of all, they give a little blanket of security to the younger guys, knowing that there's veterans in there. It's always nice when you have older guys in and you're younger just to say, hey, somebody to lean on, somebody they can go to rather than a coach. So – from an experience standpoint, both good guys. So, you know, they're good team locker room guys. But that's what they've added. But they've also added, Coots has added that dimension of, of good, uh, solid play in his own zone. Atkinson, a little bit of flair for the offense. Uh, but they've been good players. And certainly having veterans in the lineup, somebody for those younger guys to talk to uh, and be able to kind of just, you know, talk to about a certain play or a certain situation. That's why they're good. You can't go to the coach every time. You want to be able to rely on your on your teammates to, to help you and give you those answers sometimes. So I, I really, I mean, they've been better than I probably expected them to be early. I thought there'd be a little bit of a waning period for those guys, but also, you know, I know when you have a good start and things are going good for a team, um, you know, you're, you want that momentum to, to flow, you know, you want to flow into the next game and you start believing in yourself. And sometimes it can be a little bit better than you, perhaps you are, but having good veterans in the lineup, providing a, Helping with a blueprint or roadmap during the games, I think, is so important, and uh, it's good to have those guys back. They've been they've been impactful early in the year. They really have. Atkinson to me has been like one of the most impressive players, because you think about him missing the season. You think about him. Yeah, you you look at a veteran player when they miss an extended period of time. You don't know what you're going to get, right? And Couturier has had moments. And Bundy, you know, you talked about this before the first game of the season. It was, you know, with with Coots, you missed two years with back injuries. You have no idea what you're going to get out of the guy. And he's had moments where he's looked a little bit off, but he's had moments where he's looked largely impactful. Like you go back to the Edmonton game where uh, he held McDavid pointless. Uh, and the only time that McDavid picked up a point was when he wasn't on the ice. There's something to be said for that. Atkinson has a more tangible benefit, like something that you can actually see because he, he racked was his fourth goal last night. And you say like, 
he he as a as a guy on the ice that's reliable that can score his his line mates play well off of him um there there's something to be said for that now we entered this season saying all right the Mark Stalls of the world the Cam Atkinsons of the world even the Carter Hart's of the world these guys in theory could get you assets at the trade deadline now Hart was a, a different situation there were teams that were interested in him last year teams that remained interested in him in the offseason there's still the looming hockey canada thing that you know reportedly anthony uh reportedly teams don't want to trade for one of those guys until there is a final rendering of whatever they're going to find in um that investigation hart i think raises their ceiling a little bit higher than you might want for a rebuilding team he's going to continue to keep these guys in games that maybe they shouldn't be in he stands on his head yeah, look at an Atkinson, though. If he continues this for another month, month and a half, it's going to be a tough decision because when we had Jonesy on the show, Jonesy said, like, no, like, he's staying. He's valuable to us as a leader and, and as a player. But, like, realistically, if Cam Atkinson keeps scoring and you get to, like, around Christmas break, I think it's hard to consider hanging on to him for the entire season when, again, if he's scoring at this rate, he'll get you a pick. Like he could actually get you a pretty meaningful pick. There are a lot of teams in this league who could use a reliable, good locker room presence goal scorer like Cam Atkinson. Do you, do you think it ends up being a hard decision, Ant? No, I don't. I what I what I think is, and I do think that he's going to ultimately get moved, um, especially if he's playing at a at a really good level. What what I worry about, and maybe Bundy can attest to this, is I think that he's a guy who really works well in the Tortorella system. Mm-hmm. He was in Columbus with Torts. He is here. And I wonder if he's as effective playing in a different set system elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, and, and again... You know what you I mean? Know, you know what I mean by yeah. that, Bundy? You know, like, he's not a... He's not a guy who's out there creating offense on his own. Um, he just happens to be a guy who can score with the way that this team forechecks. The this the the, the Torts forecheck is it, it it allows him to be a guy that can score some goals, you know. And he's a he's the best goal scorer, or one of the, one of the top two goal scorers on a team that doesn't have elite talent. And then if you put him on another team that's got much better offensive players and he slots in further down your lineup he's probably not providing you the same offense that he does here if, if that makes any sense i think that's fair i don't know if we i lost. think that's i think, I I think buddy yep there we go hold on i'm gonna take bundy out for a second i think he lost his headphones there for a second uh let's see here we go bundy back all right we'll we'll check in on you. <laughs> you give us a thumbs up when you're when you're good to go over there um and I think that, like, there is something to be said for guys that are system guys. I don't know. I think that ultimately, like, if you're this team, you you certainly need to weigh all of your, your potential options out there. I don't know. Like, but then, but is, it, is, like is, it, is it hyperbolic, though? Like, let's say you get closer to the trade deadline and Atkinson has 20 goals and he's, like, on pace for something close to 30. Does that get you a late first-round pick from a contending team? Maybe. I think he's more likely a two. But, I mean, look... Yeah. Or yeah, could it be I mean, a conditional two? Like you, you set yeah. a, a reasonable whatever, and, and maybe it turns into a one. 
possibly. Maybe. Just trying to be hopeful here, man. Rebuild. Possibly. Hashtag rebuild. Possibly. Bundy, are you back with us? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. There you go. There you go. So, so, I just had me put these headphones on today, and it's just been a mess. So, anyway. I'll, <laughs> and it's, we always blame go. Russ. It's all it's Russ's, Russ's fault. It's Russ's fault. It is my fault. It is my fault. Yeah. Buddy, are you of the same mindset that he's a guy that is better offensively on a bad team like the Flyers than he would be on a a good team with with other talented scorers. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I'm not sure he'd even be in the top two lines on like one of those teams that would be a significant team that you'd call Stanley Cup champion. The only thing is, is that or a potential Stanley Cup champion rather. I think the biggest thing with a guy like Atkinson is, um, uh, you know, if the Flyers are in a position uh, where they've got a, a cushion and they're in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting to to think what they're going to do with that, right? Like because have they performed themselves? And again, that's a question that people will have to ask again a little bit later. You know, how much did torts is the torts effect part of this? It was last year. They had a good start. We talked about it. He makes teams better than they are uh, with the talent that he works with the talent they have. So there'd be a lot of looming questions as they get there, but by no means uh, if the flyers are kind of right around the bubble number and Atkinson's been a good player for you and he's helped you get there. Do you keep that player? I just don't know how you do that. You know, you have to flip guys over, especially at his age, to try to, you know, re, you know, to get to, to get pieces of what you want moving into the future, whether it's draft picks and you get to pick them in the summer or the next year. But I, again, it, it's tough because right now we're stuck with a team that's playing really well. They uh, they're outplaying expectations. Uh, they look like they could be five and one, but they're three, two and one, and they played really hard. Uh, they've had great goaltending to start. Again, we're honest about where this team is and the assessment of this team. So for me to continue talking honest about it, there has to be a flip in the lineup somehow. No matter what yeah. you think this season is to you, um, you have to continue working on on getting and acquiring assets for the future and building those pieces. I'm talking about the new management with Danny Breer in there and, and his vision. Um, so I think that those those are important things, and we're going to learn a lot about what management thinks of the players on this team in the next three or four months. Um, if yeah, you look and I just want to – Yeah, go, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, go ahead. No, no I was just going to no, say, no. too, guys, if you look at teams that win Stanley Cups, go back 20 years, twenty even back to the 2000, find me a team, maybe I say St. Louis back in 19 – that has not won a Stanley Cup with one of the top three picks in the NHL draft on the team. Almost every single team has had a one, two, or three pick on those Stanley Cup teams. However, for whatever reason it is, that has happened. And so that shows you how the high-end skill will get you to the finish line uh, when you sprinkle other good pieces around. Colorado's the yeah. best example. you got to bring players in-house. Edmonton is a horrible example. They're a two-trick pony. You know, they have no supporting players. And people at Edmonton, if they listen to this, sorry, but that's the harsh reality. You're going to go out and watch a guy play amazing pond hockey 82 games a year with his buddy Dreisaitl, but they're not going to win anything. Nothing. Uh, Colorado did it right. They had the number one pick. They draft McKinnon, and they sprinkle a lot of those really, really high-end pieces around it. You get a Makar, above-average goaltending, and away you go. Same with Vegas. You know, they've had those high picks. Jack Eichel, Petrangelo was a third pick overall. So you're going to get real about looking at your team. That's the blueprint right there. And that's why I think people say, well, that's why you got to draft high. You have to, 
But what Anthony said made a great point earlier. Last year was their tank year, and they didn't do it. And when we gave the scores in the first 20 games of the year, my 20-game pre-picks at the end of August, or when we did it this year, would have been probably a lot different than they were last year. Last year, I could have almost, I almost thought, like, they need to stop winning. If you're going to really have an awful, awful finish to a season, last year was a year to do that. I didn't realize it till the season started because a lot of the young guys the Flyers have here are salvageable. They're pretty good players. And when they're working and doing the right things, they've elevated this team. So it's a tricky mix because they're not awful. They're not awful. There's players here that can play, that can work and, and get better. But at the same time, how do you get to acquiring that super elite talent that's going to put you over the finish line? That's kind of the way that the formula has been dictated with other Stanley Cup teams that have won in the past. Um, you can have that great guy, Austin Matthews. Look at Toronto. I don't see Toronto going anywhere this year. Like, I just don't. It's great. They have high-end skill, but are they going to really – are they built to go through layers of playoff series? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, too, Bundy, too, I like, by the way, I like that you're uh, you're doing this thing where you're kind of like looking across the league. Very interesting. Perhaps, perhaps someday we'll start doing content more about what's happening in the league. Could well, this be I, foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. You never know, right, Russ? Uh, two, two <laughs> Who's quick, to two, say? Two quick things off of what uh, – one off of what Bundy said and one off of um, – a comment that you posted up earlier, Russ. Um, the first thing is, is that you keep talking about like Edmonton and Toronto having those top end teams, but not having the right pieces around those top end players. Right. Um, the one thing that I, I, I keep putting into the, putting out there into the world from our interview with Jonesy was just how important a number one defenseman is, right? Like that's what you need to win a championship. You need that player. You can't expect to have a mediocre back end and win a Stanley Cup. Um, so I think that that's, that's, the, that's the thing that really sticks out. Like You can have all of that great top-end skill who can score goals and, and make the highlight videos, but when it comes to April and May and June, you need a hammer on the back end that is – as reliable as anybody else on the ice and the most, perhaps the most important player or two most important players on the ice for your team. Um, so I think ultimately we can talk about that all we want. That's, the, that's something that's really, that is most important. And secondly, you put up a comment earlier, Russ, about, um, you know, uh, Janot getting a first round pick last mm-hmm. year and, you know, comparing Atkinson to Janot. I think that the difference between the two is one age. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeanneau, this is a follow-up comment. Okay, I didn't even see that. Yeah, I mean, and, and Donald's exactly right. I mean, Juno is twenty six, and his contract is, I think, his cap hit is like two point six million or something this year. Um, whereas, you know, compare that to what Atkinson is, and it's it's a little bit different. Now, if the Flyers are willing to eat fifty percent of the salary, you know, then maybe you can sneak into that late first round, you yeah. know, for for him. Um, but you're asking them to eat money not just this season, but in future season as well, and that's. That's an interesting, you know, dynamic that could get you into the first round for him. You just mentioned a guy named Donald, and I I would be remiss if we didn't at some point discuss very briefly on this show. Oh yeah, Donald Brashear got in a fight this week. Bundy, Bundy, I need to know: Is there a good relationship with Brash? Can we get him on the show? I certainly could try. I mean, <laughs> all right, great. that's all I need to know. Yeah, I mean, I- Brashear. Donald Brashear. I love Brash. Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, 
he's fifth, so he's my age. Okay. And when I saw him out there, I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's out of his mind. Because I know the guy who fought Derek Parker. Yeah. I mean, he was one of our ice warriors. <laughs> like, for ice wars, when we were yeah. running that. And, I mean, he's been around, been around. I mean, there's Brash still just dropping guys at that age. I'll tell you what, like, I knew Brash. You're talking about tough, like, tough, tough human beings. Man, I tell you what, I played with some of the toughest guys ever. Dave Brown, even Brash when he came in here, Craig Berube. But I remember Brash one night when he smashed Sandy McCarthy's helmet with his fist. And I was like, I was in front of him going, oh, my God, breaking a helmet with a fist. Like, that's that's tough. But Brash still chucking him, man. He's still chucking him uh, in uh, the LNH, LNAHL, right? Is that what it's called, Dan? It's, uh, it's like they yeah. have a, I think they have a team here now. It was a Quebec League. Yeah, it's the, it's the Northern North American Hockey League, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. North American Hockey League is what I think it is. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm glad tiers. that it exists because I'm glad we get to see Donald Brashear still throwing fists in his. You said his fifties. Yeah, he's, he's got to be my age. I mean, that's got to make 50s. you feel like that. That makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Um, by the way, things that make us feel warm and fuzzy going on on the bottom of the screen. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. We've had a lot of orders the past week. I don't know what's led to it. I don't know why people are so excited, but we are grateful for all the people who have bought things from shop.snowthegoalie.com. We have more stuff coming very soon. Um, all right. I think that's probably a, a good spot to to yeah. wrap. I will point Wait, out that... Can I just say what? something to Daryl Brandel? Yeah. That has Proveroff as our this Kale McCarr. Daryl, who, by the way, is one of our listeners from uh, far away. I think Daryl's up in uh, Saskatchewan, if I'm I not mistaken. I love it. We love you as a supporter. But I just want to tell you that he was not that defenseman. He he just was he was not that guy. So I don't want anyone having grand, illusions of grandeur because that was not Proveroff. He was the guy that needed to play with the number one, and it would have solidified him. He was not the number one. So just going into it, too. You know what else, guys? I just want to kind of touch upon this before we hang up, Russ. I know you want to get this off. There appears also that this locker room was poisoned last year. And they took the poison and they dumped it out. I'm telling you, your team can get an addition by subtraction. And that also appears pretty significant. When you look at uh, and when you talk to people in management, they won't say it. But, I'll, you know, I text somebody and said, hey, team looks good. I have former teammates that are management or around the area. And the only answer I get is, yeah, the guys seem to like each other. <laughs> That's quasi-NHL talk for, yeah, we got rid of two fucking guys nobody wanted in the room, and look yeah. at how our team is now. That's so, the truth. That is. That's the truth. And, and, and it's, you're not talking about JVR, right? <laughs> I'm not. I said two. And, and again, does that make them bad people or bad players? It does not. It does not. I want to make that clear. There yeah. are guys that have won championships that were bad apples and bad actors. They, they have. Doesn't mean that. It just means they did not jive in this locker room. Correct. And so if you want a kind of little peek behind the curtains, you just got one. Yeah. You ain't going to get it anywhere else. That's, That's right. quasi talk. Whenever you hear, God, our guys really seem to like each other. That's saying we got rid of the problems in the offseason, and it's a much better atmosphere in there. Yes. I think that's probably fair. 
I mean, I, it was one of the things that Tort said. He's like, we got to clean up the locker room. When you heard that last year, right? I mean, yeah. there's issues in the – we got to clean up the issues in the locker room. Well, that's – those were the issues in the locker room. There's a, there's a guy who, uh, who got dealt. He's got one point on the season. He was getting paid to be a uh, top contributing player on this team for a good long while. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be making a big impact where he's I mean, at. That's, a, that's a, a great, as good a behind this, the curtain look as we can give. And, and we'll give them all year. We just want yeah. people to understand who management thinks this team is, who we think this team is, and who the players think that this team is. So lots changed. And part of the reason why we thought this team was really set to go into tanker last year was because of the chemistry as well. Yeah. So believe me, it's all baked into the cake. We talk about it. And uh, certainly uh, it, it looks like that this year. Anyhow, that's another another piece of it. Not the big piece, but it's a piece of it. Well, look at this. We took a show that we usually make 15, 20 minutes. We've done almost an hour. Um We'll probably still do another show this week. However, I will point out, all of these podcasts, all of these live streams that we do on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, they also go in the podcast feed. So if you're joining us late and you're at work and you can't have YouTube pulled up, you can put a headphone in and listen in the podcast feed. This will be going in the podcast feed as well. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. I mean, it's Ross, a quick I have, turnaround. I have yeah. one thing, just very quickly. I love it. Go ahead. Should we take Anthony to lunch today and take his shoelaces from him, his belt? Stop. Should we go? So can I, should I drive out to your neck of the so woods and wrong. take that guy to lunch right now? Is this going to so be like wrong. a? He looks Brooks like was, he needs a hug Brooks, right now. Brooks was here. Well, you liked you liked your lunch in media the last time you were here. Yes, I did. I so. did. I didn't know you lived that close. <laughs> Someone. I just want to say, someone looks like they need a damn hug. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing I, to I give think it has today, nothing man. to do with the outcome of the game. It's, it has a lot to do with the lack of sleep. Is what it has a lot to, more and, to do with. And lastly, I'm going to read children's books to you. I heard last week that Russ signed me up for that, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I will. I will be reading fucking children's books to all the kids out there in the Delaware Valley. <laughs> Story time with Bundy. <laughs> oh, there was there was a comment earlier that I wanted to get to, and it was it was. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it here somewhere. Somebody wrote up uh, the the uh, the script to a, a children's book. As to be read by Bundy. Damn, I'm. Uh, well, he's going. We, we got to start with this. I think Bundy has to read Everybody Poops. <laughs> I really do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the. That's got to be the first book that Bundy reads. Oh, Philly. Well, Philly. Style. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. HC. Now, listen. If you have kids in the car, uh, now's the time to mute. But HC wrote up his version of uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Bunny, do you want to do you want to give this one a go or no? Are There's a lot of Bunny bombs. Kidding in me, here. Sam? I am. How many times do I tell you I don't fucking want your damn green eggs and ham? We are gonna have so much fun when we get to Bundy reads bedtime stories. It's gonna just be. Would you eat them with a fox? Would you eat them in a box? No, don't go right, there, Russ. I'm not going there. Don't go there, Russ. Okay. Don't okay. give me anything to make rhyme. It's a problem. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> we do not have any ducks. Bundy clearly gives zero. All right. Uh, pucks. Pucks, given. <laughs> pucks. pucks. No pucks given. Um, all right. 
We have it going across the bottom. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday, Thursday yeah. night. The uh, Flyers are playing at home against Minnesota. The Flyers have four games coming up in the next week-ish, okay? And then they're out on the road for, for a little bit, uh, and then they come back for a game against the Kings. But we have four games coming up in rapid succession. Flyers are home on Thursday, Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday. We'll be doing the Press Row Show. Come join us. Come find us. We post on social media where we're going to be. Uh, I believe that the plan this week is to remain up in the sports book. I don't know if we're going to stay up there for the, the entire season, but I think for now that's that's our setup. They're building a studio. There's a studio that's being built up there. A the goalie studio? Uh, you know, they're saying that it's they're saying it's for you know the other shows too. But like, uh, we, come on, Where's we love people up there though. With yeah. us. So like we we do. We talk to everybody between the during the games. We watch the games with some of the fans. So if you are up there, come and say hi to us because it really is a great time and a great night out. Team's entertaining. They're battling every night. There's an energy back in the building that I haven't seen for a few years. So come down because you know what? The same stuff that we do here, we, we do, do there too. Yeah, we do there exactly too. Right. And we do it off the air too. We don't it's like yeah. it's not like we're yeah. this is, who like we this are. is a character thing that we're yes. doing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so come, come find down. us if if you know up in the sports book, you go all the way up. I think there's like a VIP elevator that takes you right there. Apparently, if you tell them that you're going to the sports book, they just let you on the VIP elevator. Oh. So, you know, give that a shot. If you have assembly assembly row or whatever it is, tickets, uh, you can room. just walk you can just you just walk over. We'll yep. be over there. Happy uh we had that one guy and his son took pictures. Um, awesome. Awesome. Like yeah. it's it's all good stuff. We're happy to talk to people during the game uh and just, you know, enjoy talking some puck. And like we we said I think on the last show, there's something really cool about watching the sport from as high up as we are. Yeah. Uh, you get a you get a totally different appreciation for watching live hockey uh, when it's all the way up there. So um, we'll be back tomorrow for the Press Row show. In the meantime, make sure, seriously, and I can't I can't say this enough, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit the thumbs up. That really does help us. Seriously, it helps us get into that lovely YouTube algorithm. It helps other Flyers fans find the show. So please hit the, the thumbs up. If you don't have a YouTube account, I'm not sitting here advocating for you to like sign up for a free account, but by all means, like if you can, and if you're going to watch the show and try, you know, I think you have to have an account to comment. I don't care if you will watch YouTube at all. I don't care if you like YouTube. Okay. Just, you know, if you want to sign up, you can comment, hit the thumbs up. It helps us. Seriously. It does. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. So, um, for Ant, who you can find on Twitter at Ant San Philly for Bundy on Twitter at C six. I'm Russ at joy on broad. Thanks for watching or even listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast here for the morning after recap show. Flyers lose on the road against Vegas, but it's okay. They'll get back at it on Thursday against Minnesota. Thanks again, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon.